This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. So, talking about how to keep your healing and walk in health. We said number one, get established in the word. Number two, build a faith life of your own. Have a faith life of your own. Amen. Number three, walk in love. Walk in love. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So love is the law of the family of God. Thank God we can walk in love. And then we saw in 1 Corinthians 11, from 29 to 32, where the Bible says, He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Well, from verse 23, Paul started off by saying, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread after he had supped, say, he broke it, said, this bread, you know, is um, uh, my body which is broken for you, eat all of it. You know, after the same man, I took the cup after he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Drink ye all of it as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And then, um, and then went on to say that he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh condemnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. The Bible says, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep, many die prematurely. Brother Hagin talked about one time, Lord told him to tell a certain minister to judge himself in three areas. His love toward fellow ministers, love walk, money, and his diet. Well, he got to thinking about it. If I try to tell him, he's liable to slap me. Yeah, you saw how much he walked in love. You know, so while he was thinking, the man left. He wasn't able to tell him. Three years after, they were having voice of healing convention and the man was dying. He was sick in the hospital and they said they should pray for him that all the voice of healing ministers present should come. He said he was going there when all of a sudden the Lord said to him, don't, don't, it's of no use, don't pray for him. He said, why? The Lord said, because he's going to die. He refused to judge himself and because he refused to judge himself, the Lord said, I've turned him over to the devil for the destruction of his body that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Of course, he's going to heaven. Amen. Well, he died. He didn't need to die. Praise God. But you see, and then the Lord mentioned, he didn't judge himself about walking in love. So it's important that we walk in love. It affects our health. It affects the quality of life we lead. See, 1 Timothy 1.19 says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some haven't put away concerning faith, I've made a shipwreck. If you don't keep a good conscience, a tender conscience, you're going to shipwreck your faith. 1 John 3, 20 and 21. And if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. You see, God has placed a monitor inside every believer, our conscience, the voice of our spirit. Your conscience knows when you do wrong. Amen. Let's keep a tender conscience. That's that sense, that inward monitor, our sense of right and wrong. Of course, conscience is the voice of the spirit. Reason is the voice of the mind. Feeling is the voice of the body. 
especially when we have educated our spirits in God's word, we are to obey our spirits, keep a tender conscience, praise God, live right. It has a lot to do with walking in health, a lot to do with walking in health. We're to walk in love. We know that in the new covenant, there's only one commandment. It's the commandment of love. Provided you're walking in love, you won't break a commandment that was given to curb sin. Amen. And love is the fulfilling of the law. All the Ten Commandments is fulfilled in that one commandment. See, this is important to walking in health. This is important to keeping your healing. When Jesus told that man, sin no more, lest the worst thing come on thee. How does a believer sin? By not walking in love. So if you're going to keep your healing, if you're going to stay healthy, we are going to have to walk in love. We are going to have to walk in love. You're not responsible for what the other person does or doesn't do. You're responsible for what you do and what you say. Amen. And it's a decision. And you see the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And we can let it dominate us. Well, number four. If we're going to keep our healing and walk in health, we need to resist the devil. We need to resist the devil. See, the devil will always try to put sickness on you. When he comes, what do you do? James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It seems to me as though some people's Bibles there read, Submit yourselves therefore to the devil. Resist God. No, that's not what it reads. We're to resist the devil. We're to resist the devil. We're to stand against him. Now, listen. If you think you're going to meet one creature one day that has a sign uh, on his head, I am the devil, or he wears a t-shirt, I am the devil, you know, at the front and at the back, and then maybe he has a tail, he has a pitchfork in his hand, you may never see such a creature. How then do we resist the devil? You see, when a temptation to sin comes, that's the devil resist it. When a temptation to be sick comes, that's the devil resist it. When symptoms show up on your body, don't be quick to say, oh, I, I, and I thought God healed me. It looks like the thing is back. No, don't say that. Don't say that. What do you say? You say, devil? No, you can't put that back on me. You can't put that back on me. E.W. Kenyon had a certain experience. Brother Hagin had identically the same experience in the same city. They were, both happened in New York. Now, Brother Hagin went to preach in this church. There was this man... He had one leg shorter than the other and it was turned inward. It was crippled. Well, in the meeting, he got healed. The leg grew out. And then um, there was a lady too who had cancer. She got healed of her cancer in the meeting. Six weeks after the meeting, the man said he was walking down Main Street. And all of a sudden, he said that leg that got healed suddenly turned inwards again. He was about to get crippled all over again. The same way it was when it was crippled. He just turned inwards. All of a sudden, he almost fell. Well, he said he pulled himself to the sidewalk, sat down. He pointed at the leg and said to the devil, Devil, no, you don't. No, you don't. Six weeks ago, hands were laid on me. The power of God came on me and I got healed. And I'm staying healed. Not accepting this. You can't put it back on me. In the name of Jesus, I stand my ground. He said right before his eyes, the leg straightened back out. And he walked. And he kept his healing. He got to church that evening. It was a Wednesday. In, that, in the service, the lady too that got healed of cancer stood up. Said she's got a prayer request. And then she said, well, all of you know how six weeks ago I got healed of cancer. 
said, well, in recent times, the symptoms have come back on me. I want you all to pray for me. You know what she should have really, what, what, what she did really was, what she really did would have just been as good as to have gone to buy her coffin. That wasn't what to do. That wasn't what to do. Eh, but she's turning a prayer request. See, the meaning of the prayer request is this. Guys, the cancer is back. The cancer is back. What should she have done? She should have got up in that service and said, folks, guess what? You all know how I got healed six weeks ago. And I just want you to know that I'm still healed. Woo! Glory to God. And gone back to sit down. Someone says, but the symptoms are on her body. Yep. Regardless of the symptoms. She should have resisted the devil. She should have said, Satan, you can't put it on me. The pastor too, sorry to say, he was stupid. No, they're stupid pastors. You know, he said, all right, let all pray for her. You know, he could have corrected her, but they prayed for her and she died. <laughs> yeah. You say, but they prayed. Yes, that's why she died. They shouldn't have. They should have encouraged her to resist the devil. You know, Brother Hagin talked about another story. He said it was, it was to preach in this church. Shortly before he came up, this was another church. Somebody stood up and said, my neighbor, who's a member of the church, she's terminally sick. Doctor says she won't live past midnight. Let's all pray and believe God for her healing. Well, they all, you know, released their faith, prayed for her, believed God. And then when they finished, they praised God for the answer. Somehow, she lived past midnight. But the next day, she was up, sitting up in bed. And then um, there was a service the next day. The same lady got up and said, well, before Brother Higgin preached again, he said, I've got something to say. Then she said, you remember yesterday we prayed for Sister so-and-so. You know, the doctors had said she won't leave past midnight. You know, she was right at death's door. And then we prayed and believed God. And she did. She's lived past midnight. In fact, the doctor says she's out of the critical phase. You know, but she's still physically weak. Of course, she'll be physically weak. She's been lying in bed for a while. You know, and now listen. She said, let's all pray that God will perfect her healing. Now, what did they pray for the previous day? Did they pray that God should begin the healing? No, they prayed for her healing. They now prayed the next day. Let's all pray that God will perfect her healing. That was doubt and unbelief. What should, she have, should they have done the next day? They should have just thanked God and maintained their confession based on the prayer they prayed the previous day. But they said, okay, let's pray again for our healing. Brother Higgins said, as soon as they did, he said he had the audible voice of the Holy Ghost speak over his shoulder. And this is what the Lord said. Now they've taken her out of my hands. Their prayer. Now they've taken her out of my hands. She'll be dead in three days. And sure enough, she was. Who killed her? They did. Of course. If she had stood her ground and she knew better, she would have kept her. She would have kept her healing and stayed well. But she played into, they all played into the devil's hands. So what's my point? There's a time when what to do is to stand against the devil. Of course, I'm not minimizing prayer. No, I'm not disparaging the importance of prayer. But let's be scriptural in our prayers. There's a time when the prayer to pray is a prayer of thanksgiving. There's a time when what to do is to stand our ground and to resist the devil. Also, Sister Ruby, or Robert was there. This lady was paralyzed, prayed for her. Sister Ruby was instantly healed, you know. And then she went back to church and then the, the whole thing came back. You know, the symptoms came back. And then, um, you know, the pastor said, I'm scared that she'll lose her healing. Of course she did. 
What to do is to stand against the devil. He will try to put the same things back on you. What do you do when he tries? You stand against him. You say, no, you don't. You don't put that back on me. I'm not going to let you. You say, yeah, but I've been standing. The symptoms seem to be persisting. Well, whom resists steadfast in the faith? First Peter 5.9. Stand your ground. Just stand your ground. Someone said, I'm doing everything I know to do. What do I do now? Just keep standing. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Just stand your ground. Just stand your ground. That's what to do. Just tell him, no, you don't. Resist it. Resist it. Resist it. Resist it. Don't yield to it. And that's what people do. They yield to it. Well, it's all back now. Well, let me get back in bed. Well, let me go get back my braces. Well, let me go get this back. Well, looks like that thing is back now. Well, let me start getting ready again to be admitted in hospital. Well, let me start getting ready to be bedfast again. Stop getting ready to be sick again. Stand against the devil. That's what to do. So the symptoms come. You say, no. Devil, I'm not accepting it. I'm not taking it. You know, it's you are offering it and I'm not accepting it. You have a right to knock at my door. I have a right not to open the door. I'm not opening my door. You may want to try next door somewhere else. But this house, there's no way for you. No way for you. And then he comes again. He knocks louder. You tell him, did you not hear what I told you last time? I'm still saying the same thing. I'm still insisting on the same position. I'm saying you are not coming in. This is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And I'm not going to observe lying vanities. I'm not going to forsake my own mercy. The word of God says by his stripes we were healed. If we were, then I was. And because I was, I am. So this is just a lie. That you're trying to put the same thing back on me. But I'm telling you, you will not succeed. Because I will not let you. You're trying to put sickness on my body. No, listen up. You will not succeed. Because I'm not letting you. I'm the custodian of this house. It belongs to God and I'm the caretaker. I'm the custodian. I call the shorts hair. Amen. Praise God. So resist the devil. Resist the devil. Don't yield to the symptoms. Resist them. Stand against them. How do you stand against them? From your heart. Someone told me one time, I said, I resisted the devil and he didn't go. Well, I told him, well, if you repent for lying, God will forgive you. Because either you lied or God did. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee. What does it mean to flee? It means to run away from as in terror. He will run from you. He will run as in terror. Now, it may take some time of learning to do that. To get proficient in doing it. You know, when you first start that out, you know, the dude may do like he has hearing problem. Like he didn't hear what you said. He heard. But he's just trying to see whether you really believe what you claim you believe. So what do you do? Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is his power. You tell him, look, the king has spoken. I'm the king in this house. This is, I live inside this house and I'm the king here. Amen. I tell my body what to do and what not to do. And I'm telling my body, you're not taking sickness. It's been offered, but I'm not accepting it. I stand my ground. And what will happen? It will flee. Amen. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Stand against the devil. Don't yield to the devil. Don't yield to the symptoms. No ahead of time. You see, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. 
So I'm telling you ahead of time, after you receive your healing, it's just like the devil. He'll try to put it back on you. When he comes and tries, what do you do? You tell him no. You stand against him. You resist him. And what will he do? He will scamper. He will run as in terror. He will flee. Because he knows Jesus defeated him. And the power is in the name of Jesus. The authority is in the name of Jesus. We are seated with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Far above all principality and power. And might and dominion. And every name that's named. Not only in this world but also in that which is to come. God authority over him. And he knows it. He knows we have authority. He knows we have authority. He knows we have authority. God is not going to exercise your authority for you. You are the one. God is not going to do anything about the devil in your life. You are the one to do something about the devil. If you don't do something, nothing will be done. Amen. So do something. Praise God. Exercise your authority. So I said, number one, get established in the word. Number two, develop a faith life of your own. Number three, walk in love. Number four, resist the devil. Now, number five, if you're going to walk in health, going to stay healthy, you're going to keep your healing. Number five, maintain a prayer life. Maintain a prayer life. Maintain a prayer life. You see, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You see, there should be a daily renewal of our spirit in the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. The Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. The literal Hebrew actually says they shall exchange their strength for God's strength. Yes, you see, we are word people and we put the word first. But let me tell you something. There is a quickening. There is a renewal of your spirit in the Holy Spirit that you get from praying that you can't get any other way. Are you listening? Have a prayer life. Maintain a prayer life. Pray in the spirit. Pray in other tongues. It charges up your faith. Jude 20 says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. By praying in the Holy Ghost, your faith is stimulated. Your faith is stimulated. And you know, faith has something to do with staying healthy. So it charges up your faith. Amen. And then you see, there is a quickening that comes from waiting on God. A renewing of our spirit that comes from waiting on God that affects our bodies. Yes, our bodies are aging. They are growing older. But you see, you can delay the aging process. You don't have to look 80 or 30. Are you listening? You can maintain your youth and stay strong. Pray in the spirit. Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, so in this area of sickness, the devil is a willy foe too. He will try to put sickness on us. Now, how are we going to be able to stand against his wiles? By being strong. How do we get to be strong? What are we to be strong in? We are not to be strong in ourselves. Said, be strong in the Lord, number one. And number two, be strong in the power of his might. How do we get to be strong in the Lord? To be strong in the Lord is to be strong in the word. How do we get to be strong in the power of God's might? What is the power of God's might? Who is the power of God's might? Acts 1.8. But he shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. The Amplified Classic says, but he shall receive power, ability, 
efficiency, might, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So to be strong in the power of God's might is to be strong in the Holy Ghost. How do you do that? James 5.16, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Amplified Classic on that, well, there's the other Amplified. Yeah, I just found out there are at least two Amplified versions. You know, the Amplified Classic on that says the continued earnest heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So you see, by praying in the Spirit, you appropriate the power of the Holy Ghost. You make power available. Are you listening to me? You know, after Paul said that in Ephesians 6, you know, 10, 11, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, 11, 12, you know. Then he went on to talk about the armor of God from verse 13 through to 17. Then he went on in verse 18. He now says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. See, the way to be strong in the Lord is by being strong in his word. All those species of the armor, they emphasize different aspects of God's word. The feet shod, the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's the word of God. A faithful ministry proclaiming God's word. The breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. The word of God. And our active obedience to God's word. The shield of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The girdle of truth. Thy word is truth. Isn't it? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation. We renew our minds with the word of God. All the pieces of that armor emphasize different aspects of God's word. And it's still amplifying how to be strong in the Lord. Then in verse 18, he now tells us how to be strong in the power of his might. Praying always in all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now, you know when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he whipped the devil, right? And we say he whipped the devil with the word of God. And that's the truth. He told the devil what is written. So he knew what is written. And he spoke it out from his heart. And he put the devil on the run. We emphasize that, and rightly so. We need to put that first. But there's another thing that, if we're not careful, we overlook. And that's the fact that Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. And he was prayed up. Are you listening? It's a whole lot easier to use the word of God and stand your ground against the devil when you are prayed up. When you are full of the Spirit. And there's a quickening of your body that comes when you pray much in other tongues. Romans 8, 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Now, Romans 8, 26, it says, Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Yes, I know the context is that, you know, we groan, you know, waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. The whole creation, you know, is groaning in pain and all that. And the context of it, it now says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. That word helpeth is a compound Greek word, son antilambanetai. And it means to take hold together with us against. To take hold together with us against. But you see, what's interesting is that the Greek word for infirmities there is asthenia. Same Greek word for infirmities in Hebrews 8, 17. Where it says himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So yes, Jesus took our infirmities. He bore them so we don't have to bear them. But you see, the spirit also himself takes hold together with us against those infirmities. Yes, they're the infirmities of not knowing what to pray for as we ought. But you see, in the area of health too, when you've taken your stand on the word of God, I'm confessing the word, I believe the word. You see, if you pray also in the spirit, 
Amen. There's a quickening it will give to you. There's an additional boost it will give to your faith. There's an additional ginger. It will ginger your swagger. Do you understand what I mean? Tell your neighbor, have you been gingering your swagger? Amen. Stay prayed up. Prayed up, especially in the Holy Ghost. Put some pep into your step. Amen. Stir up your spiritual batteries. Charge them up. Charge them up. Yes, God's word is the key. That's the primary key. But you see, we are not just word people. We are also Holy Ghost people. And when it comes to this area about walking in health, it's one of the things you miss out on. If you pray a lot in the spirit, it's easier to stay healthy. There's a quickening that comes to your body. There's a quickening that comes to your mind. There's a renewal of your strength. As your spirit is renewed in the Holy Ghost, it spills over to your body. It affects your body. It affects your body to help your body stay healthy. So if you want to stay healthy, you want to keep your healing, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Maintain a prayer life. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Maintain a Spirit-filled life. How are you going to do that? By continuing to speak in other tongues. Then you can break out into Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know, maintain a prayer life. See, those things are meant to be a part of our prayer lives. Tongues, interpretation, prophecy. Amen. Well, we have other classes that address them. But I'm emphasizing this here. That maintaining a prayer life will help you stay healthy. Amen. Help you stay healthy. Just an additional tool we can add in keeping our healing, in walking in health, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Yes, the word of God is primary and we put that first. Amen. We use God's word. We ingest God's word. We stand on God's word. But you see, by praying in the spirit, there's an additional quickening that it brings and a renewal of our youth. Amen. Well, that was number five. Number six. Number six. Sixth key to keeping your healing, walking in health. It's closely related to number five. Number six, be led by the Holy Ghost. Be led by the Holy Ghost. Be led by the Holy Ghost. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, the spirit himself bared witness with our spirits of the children of God. There was one time Roy Hick said he traveled overseas, overseas, over the American seas. That's his own overseas. Yeah. Said he was somewhere, it was pretty hot there. He said, and he discovered that he began to have heart symptoms. He said he confessed God's word the best he knew. He stood his ground on God's word the best he knew. But the symptoms persisted. Then he said, Lord, is there something I need to know here? You know, what's going on? What's going on here? Tell them the Lord said to him, put more salt in your food. You see, because of the country he was in, where it was hot, his body wasn't used to that. So because his body wasn't used to that, he was sweating a lot. So he was losing a lot of sodium and chloride, which is inside sweat. And that, you see, the Spirit of God knows science. That affected his electrolyte balance, and it affected his heart. And the Spirit of God knew. And the Spirit of God knew, well, if he just put small salt in his food, he'll be fine. He did, and he was healed. Do you see that? So we've got to learn to listen to God's Spirit. We've got to learn to listen to God's Spirit. There are times that he'll tell you, don't do this. There are times he'll tell you, do this. Listen to him. Listen to him. We can't claim God's best except we give him his best. 
They will give him our best. We can't claim his best. You, know, you see, there's such a thing as being in the perfect will of God. The reason some people are having a hard time receiving their healing is because they are not in the perfect will of God for their lives. Yeah. It affects those things. There's this lady. Brother Higgins said he tried and tried and tried to get her healed, but he never could really get her permanently healed. Said one day she was talking, and then she just blotted this out. Said, really, I never did what God told me to do. He said then he knew it. That's why. That's why she's been having this challenge with her health that has lingered and lingered and lingered and lingered and is not really able to permanently help her. We've got to learn to listen to the spirit of God. Follow his direction for our lives. You see, this has to do with walking in health. It's not separate. Sometimes some people are living in disobedience. They are not planning on fixing it and they are not blaming somebody else for not zapping them with healing. All of these things work together. Are you listening? All of these things work together. Brother Higgins said over the years that he wasn't ever sick except, of course, maybe he exposed himself to cold, that kind of a thing. But Anytime he was sick, he said, usually it was because he disobeyed God. Many times along the line of ministry, not ministering like God told him to. There was one time, January 19, 1950, it was a Thursday. You know, he said, he was in the healing line. And then he got to one lady, lady was his Sunday school superintendent in that church. When he was going to minister to her, the Lord, he heard something about dope. And something about her, not, her heart not being right with God. He said, but he didn't say it. He didn't yield. So he continued. After the meeting, was staying in the pastor's house, in, the, in the, his parsonage. The pastor asked him, said, what happened tonight? said, I noticed that when you got to such and such a lady, after her, the anointing lifted from you. He turned. You knew. He said, yes, I knew. Something changed. The anointing was gone. You didn't minister anymore under the anointing after her. He didn't. He knew because he didn't do what God told him to do. Then the pastor now said that he heard something about dope. Oh, then he said, I heard the same thing. Actually, this is what God told me to tell her, but I didn't say it. Well, the pastor went to sleep. He went to sleep, or he tried to go to sleep. Then all of a sudden, his heart started fluttering, going maybe like 200, 250, 300 beats per minute. Yeah, he was dying. And he, called, woke, he had to wake the pastor up and his wife. Tell, look, I disobeyed God. I disobeyed God. And it looks like it's going to cost me my life. Then he was going to drop a message for his wife and for his two children. I did disobey God. I didn't do what God told me to do. So when I disobeyed God, I got over in the devil's territory. You know? So as he was about to say that, the spirit of God suddenly came on him. And instead, he began to prophesy. And God told him. I won't go into the details of it. Told him to write an undertaking. <laughs> yes. He wrote it. Next time you tell me to tell somebody something, I will tell them, you know, and to have the pastor sign as a witness, have the pastor's wife sign as a witness, and he too sign. Yeah. God has a sense of humor. I, you know, he was instantly healed. He was instantly healed. He said there was another time, you know, after Rahim had started, he said the Lord had told him he will never pastor again. And he shouldn't even entertain the thought of pastoring. He should never think about pastoring again in his life. That he never called him to pastor. He, when he left his last church, was when he stepped into the first phase of the ministry he had for him. So the Lord told him, don't even think about ever pastoring again. Well, then one time, some folks were talking. Rama USA had started. Then they came to him and they were talking about starting a full schedule of services. Him starting it, that is. 
you know, God wanted Pastor Higgin to do that, and that happened in 1985. You know, oh, I was thinking about him pastoring, you know. He said, they said it, and it just sounded good, and he was just thinking about it. He said, after that, he went to pass urine, and blood started coming out with the urine. And then the devil gave him mental pictures of having maybe prostate cancer and stuff like that. And he said, Lord, what was going on? And the Lord said, remember I told you never to entertain the thought of pastoring. You were thinking about pastoring. That's what opened the door to that. <laughs> now, God didn't put it. But you see, he disobeyed God. Then he got on the devil's territory. So I'm just emphasizing this part about being led by the Spirit of God. Doing what the Spirit of God tells us to do. Does this have to do with healing? Yes. Does this have to do with walking in health? Yes. You want to travel. The Spirit of God says, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. You say, I bought a ticket. Don't go. Don't go. You see, the Bible says in Psalm 103, you know, who forgiveth all thine iniquities? So verse 3 to 5, who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfied thy mouth with good things so thy youth is renewed like the eagles? Part of the way that God redeems our life from destruction is by giving by him giving us the Holy Ghost to lead us and to guide us. There was this minister, strong man of faith. In a 10-year period, he was involved in three car accidents. Three. People died in some of those accidents. Are you listening? One of them, his wife actually was raised up supernaturally. She almost died. You know? He said he was listening to Brother Higgin teaching about being led by the Spirit of God, following the inward witness. And then he said to him, he said, you know something? Every one of those three accidents, I had a check on the inside of me. Wait, don't go. So, but I said, no, I've claimed protection. I'm fine. I can go. And he almost gone. He was almost gone. You see that? So this has something to do with walking in health, being led by the Holy Ghost. He will lead us into God's word. Amen. And then sometimes he can tell you, you know, he can tell you, 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 you need to change your diet a little bit. He can tell you, you know, you've been exposing yourself to cold. You know, sometimes when we don't listen to our wives, it will save ourselves a lot of trouble. Men, if we listen to our wives, isn't that true? Yeah. Thank God we have the Holy Ghost also. And, he, and he'll tell you, you should have listened to your wife. In fact, first, go and apologize to her. <laughs> Amen. So be led by the Holy Ghost. Be led by the Holy Ghost. And then lastly, number seven, if you're going to walk in health, number seven, use wisdom. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. You're going to keep your healing and walk in health, use wisdom. What do I mean use wisdom? First Corinthians 1.30, the Bible says, But of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, in Christ Jesus, we have access to the wisdom of God. We have access to the wisdom of God. And it's just wise to eat well. It's just wise to take good exercise. It's just wise to rest well. In Matthew 6.31, Mark 6.31, Mark 6 Jesus called his disciples apart so that they may take some rest. See, your body needs rest. If you don't give it adequate rest, it will break down. Are you listening? In Philippians 2, 25 to 30, the Bible talks about Epaphroditus who was sick and near death because he did not regard his body. He neglected his body. He overworked his body. And Paul said that Epaphroditus will have died. 
He said, but God had mercy on him. Not only Epaphroditus, but also on himself, Paul. Otherwise, he would have had sorrow upon sorrow. See, there's a place of good wisdom. Good wisdom. In James 2, from verse 14 to 17, the Bible was talking about faith without corresponding action is dead. It says, if your brother comes, you know, who's uh, hungry, you know, naked, and you tell him, depart, be warmed, be filled, and all that, and you don't give him the things needful for the body. So, you see, part of corresponding action is there are some things that are needful for the body. Take good care of your body. Use wisdom. There are some things that are safety precautions. Are you listening? See, yes, Jesus took away our sins. But listen, he didn't take away our brains. And there's a place of just good wisdom. Good wisdom. Well, the weather is cold. Then don't expose yourself. You could catch a cold. It's not, you know, it's not a demon. It's your foolishness. You're not eating well. Are you listening? Now, it's good to fast. Are you listening? But you should have some common sense about fasting. You can fast until you get to heaven very fast. Some of the areas where we need to use wisdom. Some people's bodies can go 200 days without food. Not everybody's body is suited for those kind of fasts. I'm talking about totally without food. Not breaking at 6 p.m. I'm talking about at a stretch. You know. So have some wisdom along some of these lines. Don't do something foolish. Don't go and damage your body. Eat well. Eat good food. I'll tell you something. You will almost... When I'm at home, I always wear bathroom slippers. I always do. You know, sometimes there could be a short circuit in one of the appliances in the house. And the appliance may not tell you ahead of time. Yeah, people have had electric shocks. Terrible ones. Some of those things have killed people. Amen. So it's just good to be wise. Your tires are getting bad. You can replace them. Please do. You don't have to travel late in the night every time. Are you listening? The car is a machine. It can have a fault. Yes, God protects us. But what if the car has a fault at 1 a.m.? You're in the middle of nowhere. Except you can't avoid it. There's some things that we should avoid. Does that make sense? So use wisdom. Use wisdom. Has a lot to do with walking in health. There's nothing wrong with going for regular checkups. Are you listening? Nothing. 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 If you need medical help, for instance... Get it. Get it. It doesn't negate your faith. God's best is that we walk in health. That's God's best. Not everybody is at that level. Let me tell you something. Nobody learns to drive. No sane person learns to drive by trying on the highway. That's the way you learn to drive. Are you listening? You know, somebody is diagnosed with cancer, for instance, and then the person says, look, I believe God. This is the same person. When they had headache, they had to take alabukun and panadol extra. And they had, you know, when they had tummy ache, they didn't think about believing God. They've never been using their faith. Now, I know that sometimes when our backs are against the wall, we get to really believe in God and we get earnest. That's true. But sometimes some folks have not been feeding their faith. They've not been feeding their faith. And then they go to the pastor. Pastor, I won't go for that surgery. With God, all things are possible. What should the pastor say? All things are not possible with God. Is that what you say? No, he can't say anything. He will just try to encourage them. But listen, faith grows. Listen, eh? if I'm using my faith concerning a medical thing, condition, over a while, and the symptoms are lingering, 
and the symptoms are lingering, and I'm talking about over a while, I'll get to praying about it some. If you need to see a doctor, see a doctor. Are you listening? Proverbs 18.9, in the Amplified Bible, the last part of that verse, it says, he that does not use his endeavors to heal himself is partner to him that commits suicide. See, 1983, January, January 25, 1983, Pastor Hagin's son, Reverend Craig Hagin, minister of the gospel, doing exploits for God today. He was much younger then. All of a sudden, his daddy had him shout in the house. You know, he was in pain in the middle of the night. His dad ran there. On getting there, you know, he saw it was his head. They took him to a uh, city of faith and um, hospital. They checked and they found out there was a brain tumor impinging on his brain stem. Are you listening? Impinging on his brain stem. They said that if he just hit his head on the pillow with some force like that, just like this, he will die. It was that serious that they needed to take him for surgery immediately. Well, Pastor Hagin called his own dad and said, Dad, this is the situation. Brother Hagin said, this is what I'll say. Go ahead and pray for him in faith. You may get an instantaneous miracle and you may not. If you don't get an instantaneous miracle, resort to the second line of defense. Take him for surgery. Well, he prayed. They didn't get an instantaneous miracle. They resorted to the second line of defense. They went for surgery. The neurosurgeon that did it said he believed that that's what God called him to do. He called it perfect textbook surgery. Well, they removed all of the tumor that they could, but two things. They couldn't take the, the lip of it out. So otherwise, they'll take some of his brain tissue. And also, his skull bone, they had to crack it to get to his brain. And they said because of his age, it could never heal up. They thanked them and then continued to believe God. A few years after, he got to college. You know, he was going to play some sport. So they needed to do a scan, a CAT scan. They did the scan. Guess what? The lip of the tumor was gone. The skull bone was healed. That sure be dying, don't you think so? Brother Higgins' wife, Miss Aretha, sometimes she had a goiter. He knew that if she goes to get operated on for that goiter, she'll die. He'll be in meetings. He'll start operating in the spirit, gifts of the spirit. And then he will see her go to the surgical table. He will see her die there. And then he will see it again. And then he will see it again. He knew she was going to die if she went to get operated on. And now she wasn't in a place in her faith where she could receive her healing. So what was going to happen? He knew she was going to die. She also had a sensing in her heart about dying and all that. Now, that wasn't God's best. So he began to pray about it. Oh God, I don't want to lose my wife. He told the Lord, said, if she dies, I'll have to remarry. I would rather not. You know? I want to keep her, love her. You know, he was praying and pleading his case, talking with the Lord. All of a sudden, Jesus appears to him and says, yes, it's true she was going to die. I'll paraphrase it. If I say it exactly the way the Lord said it to him, I'll have to explain a few things which I don't think I have all the time to do. God told him, tell your wife to go for the surgery. She will live and not die. You know, Jesus appears. Why didn't Jesus just say, tell your wife she's healed of the goiter? Well, when you meet Jesus, ask him why he didn't say that. I don't know. I'm not Jesus. When you get to heaven, say, Jesus, why, did you, why didn't you say this? I'm not Jesus. But listen, if I'm believing for a million dollars, and I can't get a million, but I can get $500,000, I'll take the 500 Gladly, too. Do you see that? Yeah. She went for the surgery. She lived. There was another time. She was complaining that she was just feeling tired. He said, well, just get some rest. Then he had gone to preach somewhere. All of a sudden, the Lord said to him, 
tell your wife to go see the doctor. Call your wife. He said, okay, I will, I will, I will. You know, I'll wait till the tariff will be uh, uh, cheaper and all that. The Lord said it to him the second time. Tell your wife to go see the doctor. You know, he said, I'll, wait, I'll do it later. I'll wait till evening when it's going to be less expensive. About the fourth time around, it was the audible authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost. Tell your wife to go see the doctor. Do it now. So he knew it was critical. So he called his wife. He said, look, go see the doctor. It's critical. The wife got, his wife got to the doctor. The doctor said if she came like 10 minutes after she did, she would have died. Are you listening? Yeah. You see, that's wisdom. If you need medical help, don't feel condemned about it. Get it. And then, let's just be wise about certain things. Take good care of your body. As you start getting older, your body's metabolic rate gets a little reduced. Listen, hmm? the outward man is perishing. It's a fact. Is a fact. Your reflexes, you know, people have been doing 10 years, 10 years. You know, you don't look the way you looked 10 years ago. You don't. You don't. Yes, because of the life of God, we can delay the aging process. Are you listening? But you don't look just like you looked 10 years ago. Your reflexes are not like they were 10 years ago. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. The metabolic rate is not what, oh my God, I used to walk. Oh. I was, you know, but I'm not as young as I used to be. Are you listening? So, when some of those things begin to happen, you know, some tires, are, they try to start getting formed in some places, you know, and then you need to work on that. Are you listening to me? You need to look for other ways to do some extra exercises. You need to make sure you keep your body fit. Cut down your salt intake if you need to. Cut down your sugar intake as you start growing up. It's just good wisdom. Just good wisdom. Amen. You don't want to stuff fat in your heart, in your coronary artery that supplies the heart, and then ischemic heart disease shows up. You know, you can drink, dig your grave with your teeth. Amen. Use wisdom. This is practical, but I believe this is all a part of it. Now, there are some times you are believing God for a healing. Maybe you don't know what the symptoms really are. And I've seen people do that. They say, I'm believing God for my healing. I say, what exactly do you want healing for? I really don't know what it is, but they are just the symptoms, that symptom, the other symptom. Many times I tell them, go to the hospital, find out exactly what it is so you know what the mountain is. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. I was a lady. She had a growth in her body. She told me to believe God with her that it's not cancer. I said, I won't. I said, if it's already cancer, it's cancer. It's like believing God that a lizard is not a lizard. If it's a lizard, it's a lizard. That a boy is a girl. A boy is a boy. A girl is a girl. If it's cancer, it's cancer. The sooner you find out that it's cancer, if it's cancer, then we can get to do something about it. He said, no, I should believe God with her. She's believing God. She wasn't believing God. She was in fear. The fear was so thick, you could cut it with a knife. I said, just go find out what it is. When we know what it is, then we now can start. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Sometimes you need to know what this mountain is so you can address it intelligently with your faith. After about three months, she went to the hospital. They checked. They said it was nothing. So she was going to give herself a stroke over nothing. All that, hey, by his straps, I'm hit. she didn't need to say it. If she had just gone to the hospital, they would have just said, look, don't bother about it. And then she would have been free. She would have saved herself three months of torture. Amen. Praise God. So healing is always God's will for the sick. 
The power of God is the same today as it has ever been. And he's in the healing business. He's in the healing business. He's in the healing business. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. What he did yesterday, he'll do today. And he wants us to stay healthy. Let's say it together. Healing is God's will for me. I take my healing. Not only do I take it, I keep it. I walk in health. I get grounded in the word and in the Holy Ghost as well. Thank you, Father, because your power is working in my body. I'm taking hold of what is mine. I refuse to be denied. Amen. So if you have questions, you could get it to um, Pastor Israel or get your questions to the class rep. So the, or the next hour, we're going to look at the questions, examine them from God's word. And then the hour after that, we're going to minister to the sick. We'll finish the course. So the next hour is revision. I have just one more hour. Ooh, really? I thought it was two. Well, praise God. Just one more. Okay, praise God. So we'll take the questions. Uh, Okay, let's have a let's have a five minute break. 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 Some people might need to use the ladies or the gents. Amen. Let's have a five minute break and then we'll be we'll pick up. Praise God. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.